Hi, and welcome to another exciting edition of China on the Rocks, an F&B podcast where we talk about the food and beverage industry and everything that goes on in between. My name is Logan. I'm joined by my excellent co-host. Hi, guys. My name is Anna. And if you notice, we might sound a little uh, congested. Yeah, we are a little under the weather. We both have a cold right now. There's something there. Yeah, there's a little bit of a cold situation going on because it is obviously cold weather season. It's winter time, so it is to be expected. So we we apologize in advance if you hear any uh, sniffling. And the sniffling and the sneezing, but we're trying to get the energy up. We're trying to get pumped. So I think the way to pump us up is with a shot. <sighs> Let's do it. <laughs> that was a sound of resignation. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Ah. Ah. It will help, right? It does help. I mean, this is a 40% ex-bourbon barrel high seas whiskey. Delicious. It's delicious. It's smooth like an angel dancing across your lips. <laughs> very specific. Very, so, very specific. Logan, how was your Thanksgiving weekend? Uh, very, very, very thankfully busy. Um, we were fully... St- Fully packed at Tacalicious, uh, so I was working the floor. We were doing a horchata, eggnog, and a hot chocolate, and glue wine, and then uh, so it was just slam. So I got to like eat fast, which I really hate for Thanksgiving. Oh, I know. Like, but this year, out of five years running, this is the first year I've got to eat tur- like any food for Thanksgiving. But it was fun. All my friends were there. It was a great time. Uh, I really loved every second of it, so I'm not complaining. It's just one of those things when you work in F and B. On a holiday, people don't realize we don't always get to eat on the holiday. Oh, eat over the trash can yeah, in the eat kitchen. Eat as fast as possible. <laughs> really like fast shoveling shove it in. It, yeah. How was uh, your Thanksgiving? We were also very busy. It was a good weekend. And then on Sunday, I saw you. I saw you at Chef's Giving. Yeah, Chef's Giving, guys. So let's have a little recap about Chef's Giving. Uh, what did you bring, Anna? I brought a lot of eggnog. Yeah, you brought a lot of delicious <laughs> eggnog. You brought different types of eggnog. Yeah, I make a dairy-free one with coconut, so coconut milk, coconut cream, a um, little bit of ginger, and I brought a, a classic, and I brought them both with alcohol, without alcohol, whole selection. I brought like six bottles. <laughs> yeah, now for those who we talked about in the last podcast, but Chef's Giving is an annual thing for F&B in Shanghai, where generally we'd meet up after our Thanksgiving shift and just go buck. Because everybody needs to get, everybody needs to eat. Like I said, we normally eat off to, uh, over a trash can or as fast as possible. So chefs giving, we all bring in food or drinks or whatever we can, and we just relax. I had so much food though. I had food coma. You saw me. I had to leave. I actually, I was really tired because Saturday was a crazy night that ended at like 4 a.m. and I had to work on Sunday as well. I finished work, I got to Chef's Giving, and I ate so much that I actually stayed for an hour. <laughs> I had to leave. I'm like, I had food coma. Yeah, and I think I'm something dying. happened when you were trying to leave. Am I right? <laughs> I was telling Logan quietly, I'm going to just Irish goodbye. I just get out of here quietly. So Logan decides to announce out loud that I am leaving. <laughs> everyone, everyone look. Anna, Anna from Post No Bills is leaving. Yeah, it was quiet. Then I had to say goodbye to a lot of people. <laughs> it took a while. But it was a great night. It's always good to see everybody in the industry together. Uh, the food was amazing. The drinks were amazing. And yeah, I had a great time. Yeah, that was it was a really fun time. I brought in a bunch of whiskeys. So I brought in the High Seas X Bourbon Barrel, the black label. I brought in our special blue label, which was a big hit. Uh, Grant from the Pearl was a big fan of the black label, though. And I brought in some High Seas uh, rum. I brought in the dark rum, Ooh, nice. which we're going to try for the next podcast. Cool. I'm excited. Because I feel like maybe on the podcast we can make a drink. We should, yeah. And then drink the drink. Also, 
<laughs> to be the drink that we've been <laughs> drinking. Yes, I get it. Uh, but also, Logan, um, what are we going to talk about this week? What is the subject this week? So this week I was tooling around, uh, or the kids call it uh, browsing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was browsing the Reddit. And I saw something very interesting. And uh, Anna, if you could pull up the commenter's name, because we want to give full credit where credit is due. But on our bartender, there's a user named... Ned's Bar. Okay, and he was talking about world's top 50 bars, which is a huge thing. If you know anything about bars and F&B, world's top 50 is massive. Now, Anna, can you read his uh, question? Uh, I think you should read, Logan. My, <laughs> my, my sniffles are hardcore okay. right now. So Ned's Bar writes, are world's best bars actually worth it? So his comment is, I've been working at a world's 50 best bar for the past year now. I love all the product and technique knowledge and that I've learned from the, this place, but holy effing shit. Literally no guest actually cares that much. Most people don't actually care about the craft. They just want a place with a chill vibe and good drinks. That would fit the bill for so many other places that aren't trying to make cocktails that are high art or scientific. Sure, the job is great on a resume and can lead to other opportunities, but is this really worth it? Wouldn't it be better just to find a neighborhood spot with, some, with a solid income with about with all the three, without all the three to four hours of prep bullshit? I don't know. Maybe I just got off my shift and I'm cranky. What do you all think? So what do we think? Yeah, so he's coming from the perspective that as a bartender, if you can probably make the same amount of money, why not work in a place that's less complicated, right? So he's coming from the sense of a neighborhood bar, that people like the vibe, and it's easy. Well, uh, that's exactly the type of bar that I have. <laughs> so I think I, I'm a bit biased. But I don't know if I agree with him the what makes it a top 50 bar is an overly complicated menu or an, uh, a large amount of prep. Mm -hmm. Because I think, yes, there is a space for that. I think a lot of the highly awarded bars are extremely complicated, but also a lot of them are just extremely classic service and classic drinks. And yeah. they are busy because they are popular and people do care. We talk about places like Dante in New York. They basically make Italian like aperitif drinks, uh, aperitivos and things like that. And uh, it's not necessarily the whole rotovap, crazy infusions, mm -hmm. crazy machinery for any of that, right? And even American Bar, the Savoy, and um, so many other bars that actually just go for very high end, very uh, classic quality. So I don't, I don't know if I agree that every top fifty bar necessarily means a crazy amount of prep. Yeah, no, fair enough. But I mean, for us, like we have. Right next to Postno Bills on Wuding and Jazolu, there's a great bar, a top 50 bar in Asia. And top 50, for those at home that don't know, maybe or aren't familiar, think about basically the Michelin Awards. For a restaurant, it's the same if you get a top 50 for a bar. Res or bar. Yeah. So there's a bar, there's a restaurant uh, top 50 as well, but we're just going to mostly focus on bar because that's what the question pertained to. And uh, Koa is a place right next to us, K-O-A. COA. COA? <laughs> COA. I don't know why I thought KOA. Uh, it's KOA is the tool used to harvest the agave. Mm. Yeah, oh, okay. KOA, yeah, COA. Yeah, and so it's a super, super, there's a there's one in Hong Kong. There's one here now. Uh, there's a, actually you have to be on a wait list to get in. You have to have like your name on a reservation system. Yeah, it's, it's. It's what it is. Like it's what it is. It's small. That's why I understand why it's so hard to get in. You know? So they, they, they work really hard for this. Like I think they, they deserve their spot. But it can be a bit of a hassle to go there. It's not a bar that you just decide. Hey, let's just go to Koa. Let's just have a margarita. You don't like kind of get well, to make that choice. But yeah. 
Well, that's what I think this guy's question is. Is like, who really cares about this? But except for like cocktail nerds and stuff like that. Like, I feel like the top fifty bars and all that kind of thing. It's magazines and websites that need to make content, and so they they read it in one magazine and they're going to see, oh, okay, this is good. We better think it's good too. And it kind of spirals with that with that kind of sense. Uh, I do think that obviously once you make through that top fifty, you do have a lot of chance to market. And yes, there's a lot of people that just go along with. Uh, since everybody else likes it, since it's awarded, therefore it's good. Yes, that that that's an issue on its own. I think that goes for any awards. Uh, but I think that a lot of people do care. Yeah, I think there's a lot of cocktail nerds that care. I also think that there's a lot of just people that want to try different things and go to a list like that because they want to. They don't want to go. They don't want to be disappointed. They want to go straight to the top. And there are people that are doing just because it's popular and cool to post on Instagram that they are there. What a world we live in that we have cocktail nerds. That's such a cool thing from like 20 years ago when we didn't have people that were that into it. I don't think that that's the, the problematic part. No, I'm, I think it's a very cool thing we have them. Yeah, I think for me is more like uh, reading this Reddit, uh, this Redditor's post, right? The, the OP. Um, I just don't think that his complaint is very valid. I think that if you're not passionate about the process, if you're not pro- passionate about the type of product that you're delivering, then maybe you shouldn't work in a bar that that has that type of cocktail program that's very complicated. Um, but I don't think that that's the true representation of all top 50 places. No, it's it's very true. Like I mean, I think from his point of view, he said now he knows all this stuff. His resume is going to be fantastic, but he wants to make money. Now, like there's a top 50 bar in a city that this lady was on uh, that Netflix bartender show. Yeah. And we were in that city in uh where i've said i lived many many times <laughs> and all it is is pre-batch cocktails that are super boring yeah no i mean obviously so you have like sometimes like the fa- the hype gets a little too hypey sure but you also uh, i think the one part that's important to point out too is that something like top 50 it's a little different than michelin michelin has uh anonymous guidelines yeah yeah they have anonymous voters that are not necessarily part of the industry that you don't even know when they are in your bar or in your restaurant or not when they're eating. You, 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 don't, you don't really know who they are, right? Mm-hmm. And I think with Top 50, it's voted by your peers. So most people that have a voting seat are people that are in the industry and they're just recommended to basically be unbiased about what they're doing. So it is obviously, there is a big aspect of a popularity context. Like, you know, like, um, contest, sorry. Um it's very common that you see bars that are campaigning to become top mm-hmm. 50 where they just spend a lot of money flying into their bars the right people or paying them for hotels and good meals. Mm-hmm. And there is, uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it corruption because... Um, no, it's more bribery. <laughs> no, I don't even think. I think it's more like you know who to market to in order to develop this type of a relationship. So you put all your marketing budget towards marketing to a very specific type of crowd, which is an industry crowd. Because the more you get known within the industry, the more the industry is going to vote for you and you're going to get recognized. But then you create those bars that have this focus on industry only. It's like almost they have a bar, but they don't really care about the customers. They only care about what other people in the industry think about them. And I think that, um, (laughs) not thanks. I mean, it was a horrible period for all of us. But since the pandemic and all that, I think a lot of people changed from their mindset because industry doesn't really pay the bills. The customers do. <laughs> yeah, the customers pay the bills. I mean, you could have some brand ambassador that comes in from like a big, big brand and give you money, but that's not all the time that's going to happen. So really, it's the customers. What do you want? Like when I go out, 
and let's say I'm traveling, if I have an option between a really cool dive bar or neighborhood bar or like a really hoity-toity uh, uh, top 50 bar, I really don't care. Like I'd rather go to the fun bar and have a good time. But that's but that's what I'm saying. It's a similar mindset of, of the poster that all the, the bars on Top 50 are very fancy. There's a lot of really fun, cool, like... Well, I think uh, uh, Please Don't Tell in uh, New York City was the best. That was PDT, so much fun. PDT, yeah. It was so much fun. Like, they had the little grift dog, the hot dogs. Yeah, and, like, they were for a long time. Also, like, if you want a day drink, like I said, Dante is a great place to go, and it's fun. Uh, there's a lot of other casual um, bars in like on that list as well. Uh, we're talking about uh, Limantour in Mexico. You have um, Katana Keaton. Like you, you have like a, a list of a lot of like fun party bars too. You just you also do have the hotel bars. You do have the the fancy posh places in the list. But I think it's just because there is a, a myriad of bars, right? There's so many types. <laughs> I, th I think also like depending on your venue, it's a KPI for bonuses if you get top fifty or you keep top 50, so they have to like go for the for the people that are doing the reviews versus, as you said, the customer. Oh, just thought about two fun bars on that list. Uh, two Schmucks in Barcelona. Yeah, they have a schmuck fun. thing for everything. It's yeah, so interesting. Now they, they're everywhere now, but they are fun and hip-hop and rock and roll and street art and everything done as a team and all that. They are like a really fun bar. I think they're really deserving on the list, and I don't think that they are necessarily the most complicated place or I mean they do have a lot of prep because they work with really cool drinks but there is a reason it's cool the drinks are good you know like yeah. it is interesting um, and we have Le Syndicat in Paris that you should be like right up there too and they do only French spirits in France and they do everything that way and like if I if I just sit here and start thinking, I can probably come up with a lot of really cool bars on that list. I could see somebody at that bar with like a cigarette and it's black and white and raining. <laughs> je t'aime. It's very hip hop. I went there as like Kanye West playing. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like Little Red Door. Like, uh, um, if you just sit down and start thinking about all those bars that are either on the list right now or made it to the list, you have only about 30% that tend to be quite fancy schmancy hotel bar kind of thing like but so going back to the user's question is it worth it to work in one because he said he'd rather make more money in a neighborhood bar and at the end of the day you could do the job for the love if you want or you could do the job also for the love and money sure but the thing is he's been there a year right yeah that's what i mean because like, yeah. <laughs> it's already good on your resume sure and he wanted it he obviously wanted it for the resume he got it on his resume now do you think you're going to be happier working at a dive bar and making more tips and go right ahead. <laughs> See, the problem is when you leave a high-end cocktail bar and you go to a dive bar, it really like stands out. It's like if you have a very good education, you come and you pronounce words the right way or you have a very good elocution and then you like you go someplace else and people are like, "Oh, you fancy. Oh, you're putting on airs with us." And I've seen it happen before. Like when I first came back to San Francisco from living here, I was wearing a blazer a lot. <laughs> all my friends were making fun of me and like, like what's the temperature and i had lived here for four years so i was like oh it's 18 they're like what do you mean it's 18 you're so you're, you're european like they're giving oh, me a hard no, time your metric system now <laughs> <laughs> you went to the dark side of celsius <laughs> no but like uh, I, i'm guessing and this is like a, a really far off guess but i'm guessing that if he's in a top 50 place that has such a heavy prep he's probably in one of the really big cities something like yeah new york or something like san francisco or la or something right uh, Chicago, Boston, whatever. If he's one of those like really big cities, it's not like, especially let's say New York City, 
those dive bars are a lot of hard work too. They're less prep, but yeah, it's less prep. A lot of people. It's a lot of volume. It's a lot of to manage with, and there's just as much pressure on consistency in dive bars in New York than there are. Yeah. Unless you go to a real, real, real like. <laughs> yeah, if you're down by the docks or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like if you go to a really shitty dive, sure. But I think that considering that this guy has been building his career in a top fifty yeah. place, well, he well, probably will go to a nice dive, right? A dive plus. Like the thing is though, uh, keep your job for a year. Nobody wants your resume to be less than a year unless the place goes out of business. It's very bad. Unless there's like something tragic that happens, you want to try to stay at least a year in a job for a resume for especially F&B. Because otherwise, we're kind of going to think you're flaky. Yeah. But also, if you're going to stay there complaining about it, bitching about it. Well, it's okay to blow <laughs> off steam too, though. Yeah. I just don't know if the... if the I Obviously, it's valid is how he feels. But in the sense of like, you knew what you were signing up for. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, you knew that the place has this really complex menu, and I bet you were really excited when you heard about, like, wow, I'm going to use a centrifuge, I'm going to use a rotovap, mm-hmm. and you, you get your nerd on. Uh, now, that comes with time and prep invested in it, and you you came in for that. Now, if you're not happy with that, you can leave. <laughs> yeah, you, yep, door's right there. Yeah. So, we have another question we looked up from Reddit. Okay. Um. And I think uh, it was a pretty interesting question. It was basically, we don't have to cite the whole question, but it's how do you make your old fashioned? Do you use a mixing glass or do you build it in the glass? Mixing glass. See, I build in the glass. Why? Because first off, there's less wastage. What wastage? Wastage of ice? Yeah, wastage of ice. Hey, you know what? You got to be environmental friendly. This is 2023, almost 24. Yeah, but you are, you're not. You're not controlling dilution that well because you're softening the ice and then you're letting the drink sit in an ice that's going to melt faster. Yeah, that's why you use a big block. So what is your old-fashioned recipe? We've talked about this before, but what's your recipe? You got the, And guys, if you're at home and you don't know what a mixing glass is, so there's a, what I'm saying is build-in glass. So there's an old-fashioned glass. That's the kind of glass you always get with a, like a whiskey. Uh, or any, like anything you hold in your hand that's not a highball glass. And then you have a mixing glass, which looks like there, there's a couple different ways, but the easiest one looks kind of like a glass pitcher. Uh, the most famous one is a Japanese one. Like I think it's called a, a koriko or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying uh, to paint the picture what it looks like. It's like a pitcher glass. It's it's like a it's like a big rocks glass. Just imagine it. Yeah, like, like a long like rocks tall glass. Tall and and bigger. Uh, depending on the size, it can fit like three to four drinks in it. Three yeah. to four old fashions. Same uh, thing for Negronis. I, I yeah. build my Negronis in the glass. Oh, no, I don't build any. I mean, apart from genetonics and so yeah. on, like, but anything stirred, I build on a, mix, on a mixing glass. Okay, and what's your reasons? Uh, the reason, well, there's a few reasons. One, I do a lot of volume, so sometimes I'm doing three old-fashioned. It's much easier to do it all at once. Yeah. And then just pour in the glasses, so on. Second reason is because of dilution, because a lot of the times I'm making so many drinks at once, and I do have nice... Uh, decently sized um, Hoshizaki ice machine ice. So it's pretty hard. It's pretty like solid ice. But if I put it in the glass, I put the liquid over, I stir a little bit. It sits for a little bit. I still stir again. Like it just, it just over dilutes really easily because mm-hmm. that ice has been basically softened by the stir. So I will do it in a mixing glass. I'll put it in the glass and then I'll put ice in and garnish and out. But also for the sake of like, if I have a ticket for 10 drinks, Right, I can stir my old fashioned. I can put it in the glass, and I can wait to put the ice at the ends before I send it to the table, so you can get it super fresh and not mm-hmm. yet like tempered with. And if I was stirring in the glass, I would either have to send the drink first, regardless of the other orders, do that last, and then all the drinks would be diluting, 
or yeah or just like accept that they're gonna be diluted so what is your recipe because it's interesting i've been going around the city because i'm working uh thankfully with high seas and so i've been tasting a lot of people a lot of different bartenders with whiskeys and gins and i'm trying to see their simple recipes and it's interesting to see what people do and what people don't do for an old-fashioned which i feel like for with a kitchen if you hire a new chef you always ask them to make an omelet yeah i feel like an old-fashioned is that omelet yeah i i keep it simple uh 50 ml so just below two ounces of bourbon uh three dashes of angostura and i use one bar spoon so like five mls of uh, rich simple syrup so two to one simple syrup that's it orange twist rocks out see i do uh the dario gentile way where i take um half a cube of white sugar oh you use a cube yeah I, but i cut it in half like yeah, I it's too it, much. It's yeah. too much sugar in one. Yeah. And you also have to know what your bourbon tastes like or your whiskey tastes like, because it's not the same recipe for everything, of course, right? So I do a half of that. I uh, douse it with uh, bitters. I put a little soda water on top, just a tiny, tiny bit. I muddle it down to make a paste. Very old school of you. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's uh, stirred it with a big ice cube. Stir, 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 so everything's together. And then you pour the bourbon on top of it, about two ounces. Stir, stir, stir. Orange twist. Bob's your uncle. Yeah, I used to I used to serve on the big um, after service after stirring and all that. I used to yeah. put the big uh, ice cube as well for to control dilution for the customer. I kind of stopped only because again the volume I just wasn't being able to keep up with the big ice cubes. Yeah, no, we I mean we we hit it and we also have our little stamp that says cilantro and dreams. Yeah, no, because we've been having. Um, but uh, so the reason I'm bringing that up, like why we do it, because I've been in some other bars. I've been seeing people put a whole sugar cube, or people put simple syrup. There's, it's not like, and that's the beauty of having it be the omelet test. It's ev- everybody has their different old fashioned. Yeah, I, I personally, yeah, obviously, I don't care whatever your choice is. I personally don't like the sugar cube because for you to get that recipe perfect, it takes a lot of time because you need to really melt that sugar and really yeah, like... Yeah, you got to crush it up. You have to crush it up. You have to melt. You have to like... And it, that takes time, right? And what ends up happening is that because in, pr- in a pressure environment, especially on a weekend, people are barely just crushing it. So you end up with this drink that halfway and down becomes really sweet and you end up with mm. the like leftover sugar at the end that is just like... just just no. So that's why I use simple syrup because it's already... Diluted, yeah. done, boom, right? Like it's consistent. The whole drink is going to be the same sweetness. So it's for consistency's sake. I think that if you have a bar that you get to spend some quality time making the old fashioned, you know, like if you're going to yeah. talk to the customer, like a Japanese little bar, you're going to be talking to them and making it slowly and all that, and you have the time to put into it, like I have no problem with the sugar cube, but in high volume environments, the sugar cube is always half diluted at the end. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, that, those are good points. So, you're mixing glass. How about your Negronis are also mixing glass? You said then, mixing right? Mixing glass, yeah. Yeah, Negroni for me also mixing glass. I don't know why I said uh, rocks glass because I always do it in mixing glass. Um, I'm trying to think what other things what I would do. What's a good stir drink that you wouldn't do in a, in a mixing glass? A martini. Oh no, you make it in a mixing glass. I mean, I think I would make anything on a mixing glass. I use the mixing glass as like. If you're cooking, that would be my pot, and then the plate is the cup that I'm serving in. So I don't actually do any preparation in the cup, right? Like unless it's a mojito or something. Mm. But yeah, like certain drinks are built in the cup. That's totally fine. Yeah, of course. But in the sense of like anything that's a stirred drink, I would still do in the mixing glass. Yeah, folks listening at home, what do you guys? What do you prefer? Do you have a preference? Do you like how it looks visually? Do you like how the taste is? Do you know what the difference is? Uh, these are the kind of questions we want to ask you. I 
also think there's another thing. If you're making more than one at a time, I'm mixing glasses. Yeah, mixing glasses help. much <laughs> And there's a visual part of it because it looks like an added step for the customers. I think a lot of them can get a bit like, oh, when you just put it all in a glass and mix it together because they almost feel <laughs> like you didn't work on it <laughs> for them. Yeah. No, fair enough. Okay. Uh, I think we have to go to another segment we like to call. Drinks, Drinks I've been, been drinking. drinking. Okay, that's the closest we've ever gotten. It took a lot of preparation. <laughs> We're staring at each other's eyes. <laughs> we tried to get a mind melt. Okay, drinks I've been drinking. Let's have a little bit of because our sniff, my sniffles have gone away since I've had been drinking. I'm still sniffling, guys. You need to drink more. Yeah, I need to drink more. I'm for sorry. For those listening at home, this is number four. For Logan. Okay, <laughs> that's Anna sneezing off off uh, off mic. Okay, guys, so we're recovering from a little sneak, uh, uh, sneeze attack. Somebody's name that rhymes with banana had a little bit of a sneeze attack, so we want to try this again. But it's not my fault. It's a virus. I hope it's not a virus. <laughs> okay, so uh, we're going to try this again. We had it pretty close the first time, so t- two times the charm. Ready? Yes. Drinks, Drinks I've been, been drinking. drinking. Boom. Look at that. Look at that. The, the sniffles got you better. It did take a, a minute for us to look at each other's eyes. We were counting down. I don't know if you can hear <laughs> us on the mics, but we were actually counting down. So, Logan, what have you been drinking? So, yesterday I did a play on a hot toddy with nice. mezcal. Okay. So, it was a mezcal hot toddy. I kept it simple because I feel like people sometimes just need a hot drink. Um, so, I did a mezcal, agave, uh, fresh lemon juice, uh, cloves stuffed into an orange and then burned. Some cinnamon and a little, little bit of, I have like a, uh, like a, shoot, what's the type of bitters I have? I have like a Hellfire bitters, so a little okay, drop of that. Okay, so chili, yeah. yeah. But not not really spicy for spicy sake, just like a little bit of spice. Because sometimes you want that little little bit of tang. Yeah, a little kick, yeah. What have you been drinking, Anna? So, on Chef's Given, uh, bartenders are bringing drinks, right? And the team Your answer should have been Dayquil. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully Dayquil, please. Please give me the medication here. Uh, no, but it, uh, the the guys from Dentry, Dentry is a sustainable bar here run by Remy Control and like a really solid team. They brought this bottle of like pet net fermented, like in bottle fermented um, banana wine. <laughs> so it was basically a banana ferment. And I know how like I love the flavor of banana, but I know how hard it is to work with banana. Banana oxidizes really easily. Banana changes flavor very easily. Banana is just like a very temperamental fruit to deal with. And it tasted like delicious banana wine, exactly how you would think banana wine to taste like. Oh, nice. It was a little sweet, but I think, again, they're fermenting in the bottle. It's naturally sparkling and all that. So I think it's hard to control the the sugar level. And maybe yeah. for the crowd that they're aiming for, maybe more like it's low alcohol. So I think more of the people that go for the low alcohol, a little more tasty, a little more sweet. But... Just the preserving the the banana flavor was pretty great. Oh, I nice. was pretty happy with it. Yeah, I added a little soda to it just to make it a little less sweet, and boom, delicious. I, honestly, I don't think I got to try anything but whiskey and some wines, and then more whiskeys. Really, no eggnog? No, I because it was gone. <laughs> By the time you left, most of the eggnog was gone. I tried to take a photo. And there was like an eggnog because people were like crushing food. Then after the food, they wanted eggnog. Yeah, it was a dessert thing. Yeah, yeah the dessert, like the eggnog hit because I didn't. I wanted to get some. I tried to take a picture for you, and there was no more eggnog. 
Good. Good to know. You did good work on the eggnog. I do want my bottles back. I don't know if I can go back and be like, hi. Oh, those bottles are gone. <laughs> <laughs> can I have the bottles? Those bottles are gone. Well, I mean, I think that's a good amount of... What do, what do you want to drink? Like, now that it's cold, now that you don't feel good, what would you want to drink? Like, not like a soup and bread or something like that, <laughs> I want but... tea. <laughs> I want just like a, a lime tea. Actually, if I had to go for an alcoholic drink right now, it will be from the closest to tea. It would be a hot toddy. Yeah. It would definitely be like a lot of lemon, warm. I might have one tonight just to try to, you know, clear out whatever this is going on here. Well, I mean, alcohol is a blood thinner, and that's kind of what you need. Right? <laughs> I'm not a doctor. <laughs> so I can bleed out faster. <laughs> so I can bleed out faster. <laughs> No, but I I do I do I think like it's uh, it's the more comforting thing right now would be like a hot toddy. And you're warm inside too, so I mean. Yeah, and also the temperature tonight is dropping a lot. Like China has a whole warning about the temperature change. No here. way. Yeah, like an average of twelve degrees drop overnight. Wow. And this is gonna be a really cold weekend. So for us, you're sick. And I know you're being sarcastic. I'm not being right sarcastic. I, so I'm very <laughs> fortunate. When you guys listen to this, we drop our our podcast on Saturday. When you listen to this podcast. Uh, my very good friend, uh, my business partner, Dice, is going to be freezing in the cold at the Christmas market. Oh, so that's why you're saying like that. <laughs> yeah, the Christmas markets are all outside, all outdoors, yes. right? And this weekend is going to be cold. We're talking like maximum of seven degrees Celsius and minimum of like two. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'll be inside at Tacalicious. Yeah, I'll be inside here in the heat too. So it's I might okay. be wearing a T-shirt just sending pictures <laughs> out. <laughs> but yeah, so be prepared because we both have a cold too and that. Not the best weather for that. So uh, you say hot toddy. I'm trying to think. Like we talked about this before. I'm not a glue vine person, but I do mold wine. Yeah, yeah, mold wine, glue vine. But I do like, and this is maybe, maybe just my mentality. But for like really, really, really ice cold days, that's when you want to drink like a Jägermeister, or you want to drink a gold. Like you want to drink something like a like a German hunting stuff. Yeah. Aquavit also to me. Yeah, no, I don't go that far. <laughs> I'm joking. Love trying to reach friends. Uh, Anders, shout out. No, but uh, I like more wine when it's this season and it's cold because one is really warming. The spices and the temperature and the wine itself is quite warming. But also, tis the season, you know, there's the whole vibe. It's the whole Christmas thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, Aquavit is good to go irish coffee also oh, legit irish coffees yeah legit now do you remember several years ago i don't know if we talked about this on the show but several years ago um family mart that's basically like a 7-eleven even though we have 7-elevens here family mart picked up jameson yes i remember and they had irish coffee they did irish coffee but they were so little amount of uh, whiskey on it oh because you don't know how to talk to the people no i did i was asking for like doubles and you pay extra but they, they, they charge you five quite extra yeah because they were putting it was like two pumps. Yeah, they were putting like an ounce of of alcohol, which is basically the pumping, and that was all. But the cups are like a, like a Starbucks Grande. Yeah. <laughs> Cup, so it wasn't enough alcohol for the whole thing, but you could yeah you could just get more, and the, and the add-on charge was nothing. It was like so cheap. It we're was like okay, you had like three shots in there for like maybe fifteen R and B. Yeah, and they were like, like we're talking like, about two dollars. Yeah, and they're looking at you like they're overcharged. They're like, we feel bad. Are you sure? I'm like, yeah, no, no. Keep pumping. Keep pumping. It's okay. Don't worry. Go crazy. Go crazy. It's like cost at this point. Like it's literally a cost to the bottle. But speaking of that coffee stuff, that Baijo coffee from Lucky. 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 I haven't had it yet. I want to try it. It seems really interesting. A friend of mine. We can go. There's a Lucky across the street. We can actually go right after here. Oh, okay. 
Uh, oh, sorry, guys. Let, let's give some background. <laughs> Nobody at home knows what we're talking about. Okay, I was like, give, "Come on, podcast. We're going. We're going I'll to go, Lockheed Mart. Story time. Story time. So, uh, uh, Baijiu, right? You guys know is a it's a type of spirit from China. It's very earthy. It's some of them can be very stinky. Some of them can be very sour. Some it's of them made can of be very sorghum. smoky. Yes, sorghum. Uh, it can be made of other things too. They have some rice baijiu's and some other things. Uh, Logan is a fan of uh, Motai, which is this brand that is like a luxury brand. Not my favorite, to be honest. I find it to be a bit I too... I keep it classy. <laughs> I find it too gamey. I like other Baijiu's. They're a bit more fruity. But uh, Motai is the biggest brand. We're talking Maltai about... Motai is like, like the Grey Goose or Dom yeah, Perignon yeah, of, yeah. of Baijiu. Of Baijiu. So it's it's right up there. It's very popular. Uh, the branding is famous. You can find like clothing with the brand. You can find like bags and toys. Like it, It's a very like very iconic brand. And there is this... Uh, entire china chain of coffee shops called luckin and they are basically uh like a dunkin donuts type of thing or whatever is cheap quick and like i wouldn't say it's starbucks it's not yeah. as classy as starbucks it's like a team hortons per uh, se. Yeah, it's, it's a timmy's of uh china yeah so it's a uh, it's like this chain and they created this multi coffee and when they created it it became crazy it's so popular to the point that every time you go to any place it's sold out you just can't get it. It's sold out. Any other, I've I've tried maybe four or five times, always sold out, and it's all the like, all the the, the hip hung? stuff. Yeah. Like yeah, all the one hungs. It's on all the influencers. It's on all the reviews. It's everywhere, and I still haven't tried. And I am very curious. I, I mean, so basically, what it is, it's coffee. Uh, I think there's milk and there's malt, right? I don't know if there is alcohol. I don't know if the malt is cooked down to a syrup or something, or if they just put malt in it. Yeah, I don't know. Either. I feel yeah. like. Well, I mean, I think for the next podcast, we have to report back on our mouth. I know. Uh, so we should go after here since it's cold right now. We'll get a hot multi latte. Try. Yeah. And if we, we can, can get it. it. If we can get it. I heard that now because the demand was so high that they started doing more. So now it's not that much sold out. Well, we could try to use our clout for China on the Rocks. <laughs> Show up. So this like we are. This chain coffee shop <laughs> where like all the work is basically all robots. The workers just like hand just stuff and it just could be like, do you know who I am? <laughs> but I mean, that's interesting. I mean, like for me though, like an Irish coffee is the best. Like Buena Vista, I've talked about this so many times, is my go-to place when I go to San Francisco. It's my happy place. And then oh, our I bar. I love it, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like that, the Irish cream, on the cream on top, it's such a beautiful drink, but it's a perfect winter drink to me. I love it too. It's one of my one of my favorites. Actually, good idea. I should make an Irish coffee here. Yeah, Irish coffees and yeah, and you have to have it with the actual the, the cream done right, twenty four hours set. Yeah, 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 and like handshaken and yeah. all that. Like, cause you can't, you don't want that uh, that that machine kind of mm. fluffy whipped cream. Well, you want I, yeah, I hate it when people do an Irish coffee and they put like a green clover on it or something crazy, like with a uh, like green. Uh, I've seen it with like what is it? Not green food color, but like green like creme de menthe. Oh, I haven't seen it. I've seen that before here, and it drives me nuts. Why? Why it should that? Ju- yeah, don't that's ruin it. just a, a thin layer of cream, and that's yeah. it, yeah. And I also like the cream to be really cold. Yeah, it has to be ice cold. Yeah, yeah, and then the, the coffee's really hot because it kind of, like, yeah. give you the sensation. Uh, a few years ago, I forgot the name of the place, but it's uh, somewhere in Singapore. They used to do a reverse Irish coffee, so it was basically, like, uh, it's clarified. It was, like, a milk punch, but it was, like, a, a coffee and whiskey drink that it was cold. And the cream on top was really hot. Oh, interesting. So it was like the opposite temperature. And it was really interesting because it was like your brain expects a certain thing and yeah. then like flips it. So, so <laughs> you're just burning your lip right away? No, because it wasn't that hot. Like it was hot enough to make like a, especially because the drink was so cold, it was hot enough for you to feel like a temperature difference. Yeah. But it wasn't too hot to like burn you. But you put 
you you feel the warmth like coming up to your mouth so you think it's gonna be a warm drink and then when it touches your lips it's kind of warm and then when you drink it's cold <laughs> yeah i'm doing irish coffee next week it gives you like a like a brain confusion <laughs> i haven't done that's a good call we're doing i'm doing irish coffee i'm gonna do it though we're gonna we're gonna try some high seas irish coffees next tuesday and by the way if you want to do the opposite temperature i actually researched to find out how to do it you just you're gonna have to put the the cream inside a, a siphon like a mm-hmm. you know like a like a whipped cream siphon you can put low pressure so maybe instead of two gas canisters just one yeah and you keep it in the sous vide like bucket with hot water so you keep it warm oh interesting and then you can have like the whole night just keep yeah. it in that sous vide thing keep it whatever temperature you want the cream to be keep it inside and then done you just spray yeah. over and you can put over cold drinks and you can have this warm foam that's very drinks. fun yeah, that's a fun it's thing really to fun do. and easy to do yeah so i mean with irish coffees with aquavits for me with um Jägermeister. Jägermeister always served ice cold, but Akavits could be also ice cold as well, but for whatever reason, it warms you up. Um, glue wines. Um, I think of anything else that's industry-wide fun to drink for hot drinks. I have another fun thing. Uh, it's actually still on the Irish coffees, but I used to do it and I forgot. And uh, it was more like a Brandy Alexander kind of drink. Oh, Brandy Alexander. What a yeah. great drink. So I used to... Um, you know the we have milk flavor candy here called white rabbit, but I yes. think we have milk flavor candy like everywhere. Uh, I used to basically um, they are hard candies, but if you leave them soaking like a little bit of alcohol, you can soak like ten of them in just like a couple ounces of booze, right? Yeah. So I used to do that just to basically melt them down, and then I used to mix them with cream and make a white rabbit whipped cream for Irish coffees. Wow, that's a genius idea. <laughs> I know, and they were really good. Yeah. And I used to make a Brandy Alexander, but without the cream in it, and then top it up with this cream. Yeah. Which was also pretty yeah, good. Yeah, Brandy Alexander is amazing. I mean, but you have to use a brandy glass, right? A snifter? Or do you use rocks glasses? Uh, I use like a martini glass. Like I use it uh, just up. Now, do you, for martini glasses, are you using coupe or using uh, like the triangle or are you using the round? I use a Nicanora, so neither. <laughs> what are you using? I've been to your bar. I'm at your bar right now. <laughs> the Nicanora? The. Uh, the the coupe is almost like, for lack of a better word, it's almost like a boob. It is, yeah. <laughs> and then you have the martini, which is like a V. And then the Nicanora, it's like a... Do they have an infinite playlist? <laughs> I That's know. What I, I always think about yeah. it, too. No, it's it's round, but it's, it's it's similar to a coupe, but it's not white. It's like, uh, it's very skinny. Oh, okay. I'm sure if I saw it, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I use Nicanoras because I think that the coupe can be too big for certain drinks. Mm also it spills a lot like people will move that glass and like yeah Ooh, it goes on the other side uh i also i don't like the v martini glass because the same thing like it spills so easily because when you move the drink it hits on the sides yeah and i also think they're unless you're gonna do it like ironically and make it fun they're a little outdated looking well it's very it's a classic at that point like if you're yeah. wearing like tuxedos and stuff you need a coupe for uh champagne and you need a martini for martinis yeah yeah yeah. but yeah if you're gonna go like full on with the concept I, I'm, I'm all in but for my style of bar, would just look like we are kind of tacky, so I yeah. don't. And uh, yeah, the Nicanoras, which is just good for everything. So my go-to, yeah. Okay. Now, uh, I mean, we're almost at the end of the podcast, Anna. We haven't covered anything that involved horror. <gasps> Do you have any horror story in mind? Do I have any horror stories? Well, gather around, kid- kiddos. <laughs> and there's a sound effect that should be playing... I know, is it playing? And now that the sound effect is played, 
<laughs> Anna's jumped all over it. My first horror, horror story is Anna jumping over the sound effect. It's an imaginary sound effect <laughs> at this point, guys. Um, so one of my F&B horror stories that just really happened to me the other day, um, I completely missed a shift I was on, <laughs> okay. like a closing shift. I didn't realize I was on the schedule because I'm never usually at work on a, on a Monday. So I completely didn't pay attention. None of the other uh, people in my group paid attention. And then the next day, we all go to work for a meeting. And we're like, oh, where was the closing report? Where was this report? Where was that report? And I was like, oh, yeah, who closed last night? <laughs> oh, that was supposed to be me. <laughs> yeah, it was, oh, as a Virgo, and as a person that really hates being late for things, it drove, I was like, oh, my goodness, what did I do? And I was just sitting at home. Like, I did a couple of meetings. I was busy. But then I was, like, home by, like, 10 p.m. Like, and nobody from my restaurant messaged me. But hey, they survived. They but made everything it. Everything worked. The PRS But it is a horror story because when you forget to close at night, <laughs> like all the doors were locked, everything was fine. So it was like, well, who has the key now? Why am I even here? What is my existence? Yeah, why do they need me? <laughs> what do they need me I'm for? Just this loud person just annoying <laughs> like the crowd. But yeah, so super. I'm sure other people, you guys have back at home on, on shifts and everything. Somebody's missed something. But missing a shift and missing to close is <laughs> is a is a terrible terrible thing. We had a we had a guy once um, who we lock our a lot of our bars here in Shanghai. We lock with uh, we lock the door, then you lock with like a bike lock, right? Oh, because you have glass doors. Yeah, we have yeah glass I don't. Yeah, I don't need to do that. So we have glass doors, and so we lock it with like a bike lock after we do that. And one of the people, his name was Logan. He uh, broke the key in the U lock. And so I had to wait after we closed. I had to wait for like four hours for a lockpick to come in. So that was another horror story of mine. Super fun. But because I'm responsible, I just, it wasn't a place like I worked at, I owned or anything. I was just like, shoot, I have to be here, you know, wait six or seven hours. It was supposed to be one hour. It was four hours. It was cold out. I'm just waiting for this guy to come in. Then he cut the U lock. And I was like, oh, great. We don't have a lock now. And I was like, oh, shoot. But it was like it was like so late in the night anyway. Like, nobody was going to rob us. Yeah, If they were going to rob us, it would have been that time. They've done it, yeah. yeah they they lost the opportunity <laughs> yeah, to rob us. Please them. come tomorrow. Yeah, please come tomorrow to rob when we have a lock again. Also, it's not like, I mean, apart from inventory, it's not like we have cash. Yeah, that's a very true thing. Like, There's no it's, more cash. It's, a, it's all digital here, so it's all, like, similar to, like, Apple Pays, but we have, like, Alipay, WeChat is all there. Like, all this similar, like, digital wallets. Yeah. Everything is done by that, so we don't really have any cash in any shop so it's really just alcohol yeah i mean even at the bank there's not that much cash you have to call in advance to get out cash now yeah but like yeah it's alcohol it's uh electronics and that's, but nobody's going for like the nobody but what electronics POS we have pos screens yeah, they're not necessarily POSs. ipads you know? yeah <laughs> i mean yeah it's mostly booze and booze isn't that bad to get yeah and even in china it's not that expensive of their hard to get so yeah there's not there's not a lot to rob So, Anna, what do we got going on next week? What do you got going on in your life? Uh, so this weekend I'm doing a cookie decorating party for <laughs> for Christmas. It should be festive. Uh, I need to put the Christmas decorations on. Oh, yeah, we have to put Christmas decorations up with Sarah. Yeah, I have <laughs> you <laughs> talking to her for the podcast. Like I know you're listening. <laughs> uh, we are also doing, uh, I, I can't reveal yet because I'm having the confirmation today. But I have a really, really fun and interesting person joining the bar with me next week. Is it Kermit the Frog? Please tell me it's Kermit the Frog. I would like to be Kermit the Frog. That'd too. be amazing. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I don't think so. Uh, but yeah, I have somebody cool coming in and hopefully I can talk next week and I can awesome. tell you guys more. 
uh, doing a little rebranding, a little revitalizing. But yeah, looking forward to next week, actually. Will it be called Post More Bills? <laughs> you just do it. I gave up. <laughs> fine. Fine. It's called Fine. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, next week, what do I have? I'll be working. We have two Christmas markets for Talkalicious. I'll be working too. Look at that. So, so much in common. But then we have an ugly sweater party coming up uh, near the end of the month. And then we have... So last year, all of our friends got together, Anna and myself, uh, and a bunch of our friends, and we all gave each other COVID and gifts. We do a Secret Santa every year. So this year, we're, we have it on lockdown, but near the end of the year, we'll do Secret Santa again. Yep. So that's what I mean. That's all I got going on is work, Secret Santa, and ugly sweater. I'm the same too, and I'm still trying to figure out the whole December calendar. Everything I'm doing today, even though December starts. Oh, and tomorrow. New Year's Eve. Jeez, Louise, we got New Year's Eve. I haven't even like. No, one thing at a time. Okay, we need to conquer Christmas first. So <laughs> December for F and B is a crazy busy month. Like everybody always asks me, oh, do you have any plans for the holiday? I was like, yes. My plan is like relax and almost die in January. Yeah. My plan is to work and then in January be the grumpiest person, be the Grinch. Be like but at least we pay our bills. <laughs> yeah. January pays the bills. Uh, like we have to talk about New Year's Eve. That has to be a podcast, I think. Yeah. Ooh. We're do we do a pajama-rama every year for New Year's Eve. I know. I've been there. Because you know why? In my pajamas. If you go wake up in your pajamas, it's fine. <laughs> It's like the best thing in the world. You don't want to wake up with all your clothes. Yeah, yeah, you wake up with all your suit and your makeup and all the stuff. Like, you know, like if I wake up in a suit, it's like, oh, damn it. If I wake up in my pajamas, like, wow, I guess I wasn't that hard last night. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, We have such a great time making this podcast. We hope you enjoy listening to us. As our friends always say, like and subscribe. Uh, Leave us some comments on Instagram. We're China OT Rocks. You can find me on WeChat, Logan7401. You can find <laughs> Anna. Specific. I'm okay without my WeChat being She's out okay. there. I'll, if you message me, I will give you her WeChat. Uh, follow me on Instagram, Dochen Banana. Yep. Follow me on Reddit, LoganRB. See you guys in the next one. Bye.